Linda, welcome to the Melanated Way. Uh, What a busy Monday it has been. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping and then just jump right into the episode. Uh, Shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, these shows would not happen. And uh, I'm just happy that our little community is growing and we have so much to talk about. And today's only Monday and it has been a busy, busy, busy 90-day Monday. Like, busy. Busy. (laughs) Did I say it was busy? Uh, hey, Amanda. Hey, Geek Girl. Hey, Mandy. Uh, Friday, you guys are in for a treat. If you have not subscribed to my Patreon, you should. Uh, I will go ahead at the end of this video and put that link in. And what else do I want to talk about real quick? Um, I will say this before I get started on Before the 90 Days. Episode seven, never have I ever, I will say this, the stance I will take and will always take is that um, racism is always wrong, period. That is my stance. Racism and racial slurs are always wrong. And when you know better, you do better. And I do believe that people can redeem themselves because no one is perfect. Although you have to take responsibility for your actions. And I think that that is an important note to take. And I think that if you're in the public eye, of course, you're going to have way more scrutiny. Um, And it's important to understand that you're in the public eye and people are going to find things and say things and we're not perfect and we make mistakes, own up to that mistake and learn from it and grow from it and do better. That's what I'm going to say about that for now. And the rest I'll keep till Friday for news and gossip when uh, I do want to say, if you are part of my Patreon, we're like a family. And uh, because there is a lot of tea spilt spilt there, I want to say publicly to all of you guys, if you're part of the Patreon family, please make sure that you keep it in the family. Um, We have to make sure that we, there's a mutual respect going on. Uh, Because some of the stuff that I tell you is not known to the public for months and months and months and months and months months in advance, even sometimes like a year in advance. And um, I just want all of that to be respected. Um, And I want to be feel comfortable that I can speak freely and openly. So if you're part of that patron family, we are a family. And so just keep that in mind. Um, Hello, C. Cruz, Crystal, Dasha. Olivia, who else am I missing? Hey, hey, Dream Big, hey. Um, let's get started, shall we? Let's get started. Never have I ever, never have I ever, never have I ever, 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 ever. Uh, Usman and Kim, it starts off with, and listen, these two are just, I don't know, they're entertaining me. You know, I'm not a super duper, uber 
Usman fan, but I find like this little storyline very interesting, very entertaining. Uh, so Usman, he woke up, he's impressed by Kimberly because, you know, Kimberly was his manager, his momager, his agent, his stylist, his hairdresser, his potential girlfriend, his potential lover, uh, his um, server, uh, his bartender, all the things. So he's impressed because he has a little mini assistant that he doesn't have to pay. And, oh, by the way, she like oogles over him. And, you know, that pushes up his already big ego. So he's for her 100%. And so <clears throat> they meet up. Uh, he puts on that little beaded necklace on her neck that he gave her. Um, and now they're going to take the rest of this trip to spend some time together and see where their relationship is going. And uh, so they're going down to Stonetown, which is the old part of Zanzibar. Um, I wish that they would show us more of the areas they travel to. You've traveled all this way. Show us what you're seeing. But we're told that it's a very historical and romantic area. Um, so he says, now it's all about Queen Kimberly. Kimberly, Queen Kimberly. And in the rideshare on the way there, he tells her that he likes her a lot. And she says, thank you, but I love you. And, you know, that's the first time I'm saying it in person. I always tell you that I love you on the phone. They're holding hands in the car. They're holding hands while they're strolling in Stone Town. It's all very meet, cute, romantic relationship situation in my mind. It's like you're building up to something. They're going like shopping in the markets. They're looking at fedoras and holding hands and getting matching bracelets and all the things. Uh, they find a Michael Jackson fedora uh, as they're walking through the market. And it reminds Kimberly of that video, Smooth Criminal, that Michael Jackson did. And she's like, yeah, maybe I'll make you dance for me later. And he starts like dancing a little bit in the store. And she's like, no, 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 let's save it for later. And so Usman, who refers to himself as the king of Africa, and I have to say that that is definitely self-proclaimed because you ask any African if he's considered the king of Africa, But that's necessarily true. He might be the king, the African king of 90 Day Fiance. I can I could go with that. But the king of Africa when it comes to music? Oh, stop it. Stop it. Anyhow, um, he wants to have some one-on-one -on -one time with Kimberly because Kimberly's special to him. You know, she wants more. She wants to see more kissing, some kissing at least, and him sleeping in her bed. She wants to make sure that, you know, there's not only a fandom, but that there's sexual chemistry between them. And, you know, I can't be mad at her because you guys, I always tell you that sex is important in a relationship. And so it's important to know if there's compatibility there. Um so now that the video is over, she wants to know, you know, are we going to be hanging out? We're going to be spending more time together. 
And he's like, yeah, we're always going to be together. Now, here's the thing, you guys. I think about this whole Usman situation. He's talking about how he wants more time to get to know her better um, and that they have to get to know each other better, which I agree with, right? Three weeks is not a lot, a lot of time. However, he keeps referring back to how they agreed. They would gr- agreed that they were going to have separate rooms. They agreed that they wouldn't do anything. They agreed, they agreed. Okay, but you also knew that this woman is in love with you and you still agreed to meet her and you still agreed to call her your potential girlfriend and your potential woman, your potential, your potential. And I personally think that all this hand-holding and like stroking her face and calling her beautiful is leading her on. If you are not into her and you don't feel like you want to have a relationship with her, then you should say that and you should be upfront. You shouldn't be like half-swinging, Oh, I don't want this. Oh, but you're beautiful. Oh, but I'm impressed with you. Oh, but I don't. I told you that I was not going to stay with you in your room. I told you you were just a potential. Oh, but I, you know, like which one is it? Either you, you're feeling her or you're not feeling her. But this, like, I couldn't go on this like roller coaster where someone is stringing me along. It's either there or it's not there. Uh, thanks, Dasha. Yeah, we're we're watching on YouTube. Uh, super chat, super stickers are available. Feel free if you feel so led. And uh, it takes two seconds to just hit that thumbs up, that like button. Thank you for the reminder, Dasha. So <clears throat> Kimberly really, really, really just wants them to get to know each other better. And she knows that they're on a time crunch. And so she asked him to give up his room and just give it to someone on his team. And then he, his face, you guys, his face dropped, like dropped, dropped. And he's like, wait, in your room? Like he was all confused. Like he didn't understand what was happening. Are you asking? Wait, this man, she's been asking you since she landed to come stay with her. So what part are you surprised about that's shocking to you? In your room? Who, me? What? Never. I am not that type of man. (laughs) Then he goes on to say that they decided that the only time that they're going to be together is if they decided that they were both going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And then he's like, here's the part that got to me. He's like, I don't want to say this, but I feel like you just are trying to grab something and go back, even if it doesn't work out and just be like, I was able to smash Usman. I was like, who, I'm sorry, who does he think he is? (laughs) I mean, I know he says that he's an international superstar and I know he says he has fans fawning all over him all the time. And that's the reason his last relationship with this Zara woman broke up. But for him to have such a big head and ego to think that this woman who's a grown ass woman flew all the way across the world just so that she could smash and grab, smash and go. Stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. So she's like, you know what? I'm not begging you for sex. She says, 
I'm just not going to do it. And he's like, well, you know what I've wanted from day one. And I told you that this was not going to happen and all of that. And I was like, "Mm, did you though? Because I'm seeing really mixed signals coming from you, Usman. It's like, if she does everything for you for free and gives you all the stuff, then you're totally into her. But then when she wants a little bit of attention back, all of a sudden you're shocked. (gasps) How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Um, Diamond Girl says, do you think that Zara will make an appearance? I actually do. Um, And I'm going to leave it at that. I do think she will make an appearance at some point in this season. And uh, the rest is, you know, you'll find out. Um, So she's pissed off. She's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not begging you for sex. Just forget it. He's like, you sure? She's like, yeah, forget it. I'm, I'm good. And she's like, I don't get it. I've been attentive. I've been loving. I've been his assistant. I've been his manager. I've been all these things. I've done everything that I know possibly to do. What I'm not about to do, she says, is beg for sex. And so she's walking away and she's calling back the car service. And he is trying to hold her hand this whole time again. And she's like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Again, mixed signals, in my opinion. Mandy says, also, you all have never even kissed and the reunion is next week. I mean, a lot can happen in a week. A lot can happen in a week, you guys. And I'm not sure if if the reunion is next week because um, Mandy, remind me on Friday and I will tell you why I think that. Now, moving on, she is like not having it. She feels defeated. She's like, I'm not going to ask him to come to my room again. I'm just not going to do it. It's on him. If he wants to come and see me, then he'll come and see me. And I was like, bravo, Kimberly. Like, way to know your worth. You know what I mean? You've done and you've said all the things. He knows exactly where you stand. Um, She's like, wait, what reunion? Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, we're there yet. I don't think we're there at the finale. We're at the finale for the single life. I don't think we're at the finale for before the 90 days, but I can see how there can be confusion because there's so many shows going on right now. It's like five different shows going on right now. So, but we will talk about what I do know about the tell-all and what changes are coming down the pipeline for the tell-all. So we'll talk about that on Friday, Mandy. Um. <clears throat> So she feels defeated. She's not going to ask him again. Uh, In the car back, she's like, you know, I need you to know that it's, I'm not like your ex-wife, meaning she's not like baby girl Lisa. And he's like, Kimberly, hey, Kimberly, as he's rubbing her hand, her face with his hand. And he's like, you know, hey, beautiful, my Kimberly, my queen. I was like, see? This, this is what I don't like. You see how she he's reeling her back in? Because he knows that she's pissed. If she's pissed, then she's not going to do all the things that he wants her to do. And, like, that's not okay. Because in my, it, my gut, it's like, oh, is he using her? Is he using her? Is he trying to be a player player from the Himalayas? Because that's not cute. It's just not cute. So... They get back to the hotel and he 
after he in the car was stroking her face, he fist bumps her goodbye. Can you imagine? Can you? I did not fly across the world for you to be stroking my face and telling me I'm beautiful and then fist bumping me goodbye. Like, no, no. Two hours later, she's in her room. She's kicking it. She's having a drink. Knock, knock, knock at the door. And again, he's trying to play with her emotions. He's like, he comes in. He's like, yeah, I thought I would come see you. You know, should I stay here? And she, and I loved how she handled it. She's like, if you want. And he's like, okay. Now she's surprised, but she's taking it all in stride. Hey, Ray Della, hey. <clears throat> she's taking it all in stride because she did. this is what she's wanted. But she also doesn't want to have to beg. Like, can you imagine the person that you're interested in comes to your room and is like, should I stay here? As if he has the control of that situation. He already knows that she wants him to stay. So why is he now? Like, she's not going to beg him. But that's the vibe I got. Like, yeah, please stay, Lisbon. Please stay. You're so amazing. You're this international superstar. Please stay in my room. Get out of here. Get out of here. So she's like, what do you want to do? Watch a movie? Have sex? And he's like, oh, no. It's too early for us to have sex. It's a democration. I was like, what? It's a what? So he gets in the bed. And again, I know it's all just production, you guys, and all the stuff. But I'm like, you know, your outside clothes shouldn't be in your bed. And like, are you guys going to clean up, like wash up, brush your teeth, all the things? No, you guys are just going to jump in the bed? Okay, got it. So they jump in the bed and they build this wall of pillows. Like there's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know when you do that. But you put a wall of pillows up between you so, you know, two grown Adults can't act like they're grown adults and just sleep on their side of their bed. I don't know. I don't know. But he wanted this wall. I guess he thought that she couldn't control herself. Or maybe actually he can't control himself. I don't know, you guys. But the pillow wall came up. And um, then, you know, he talked about the yammy. I'm not going to get into it because he already has a big head. And he already thinks he's the everything. I was like, oh, so this dude, he's he's really there. So not only does he think he's an international superstar, but now he wants to talk about, like, how he's hung. Like, how old are you? How old are you, really? I just feel like men who, who actually talk like that aren't really like that. They just are, and they know they are. And so they don't need to remind or tell anybody that that's, that's what they're working with. That's all I know. I'm not saying I know from experience. I'm just saying that those that are, are packing, they know they're packing. They don't need to tell anyone they're packing. They walk a little differently. They talk a little differently. All the things. <laughs> Oh, on to Gino and Jasmine. Um, these two also are entertaining to me for some reason. Uh, she has three outfits on the bed. She asked Gino to choose one for her. He's too slow. <laughs> He's too slow. I cannot. I forgot you guys. I forgot, forgot that I cannot be in the live chat with y'all. Y'all run amok. 
you throw me off my game and I cannot, but just know that I'm seeing what you're saying and some of you are hilarious. Anyhow, she wants to choose an outfit and she asks him to choose it. He's too slow or he doesn't know. He doesn't know what the right answer is. He's like scared to choose. He's like, oh, if I choose the wrong one, is she going to freak out on me? I, I don't know. So she chooses for herself. Uh, she's picking the red outfit instead of the purple outfit. I thought it was hilarious because by the time he picked the purple outfit, she wasn't even really giving him a choice. Guys. She was just like giving lip service to it. Um, they're still working through the fight that they had the night before, uh, the fact that he's found out that she's on birth control and he didn't know that. And he thought that he was coming here and they were going to make a a baby in three weeks, which you guys is a whole other situation. Um, (laughs) but she's going to go spend some time with her friends because she's been separated for her husband, her ex-husband for five years, uh, the paperwork has finally come through. They're finally officially divorced. And so they're going to have a divorce party and they're going to celebrate. So her friends are in town. And at first they were going to go to a club, but because of COVID and, you know, pandemic restrictions, they decided to just rent another room um, in that same hotel on a different floor and party it up there. Gina was not invited, she says, because there are no men invited to the party. And Also, she thinks it's weird because she's celebrating her divorce. And so it would be weird if he was a part of it because that's her current boyfriend. So why would she bring her current boyfriend to the divorce party? All of those things. Plus, she thinks that things have been hard between them and that a little bit of distance would benefit both of them. A night away, separate ways would be fine, which I think is interesting because, you know, when you're on a trip and you only have like two, three weeks together why all of a sudden you need time apart? Like this should all, this should be honeymoon phase. You should at least be able to get along for three weeks consistently that you don't need time to be like, oh, can you just go and stay in your corner and I'll stay in my corner. You go do your thing and I'll do my thing. Cause you know, this uh, is too much us time right now. <laughs> Anyhow. They're going to take a night away from each other. So she goes off to the separate suite. She's meeting with her friend Genesis, Leo, who happens to be a man. And I thought that they just said five seconds ago that no men were supposed to be at the party. Um, And Morellis. And so they're talking about the divorce. And one of the things I thought was good about Jasmine is that she knows that she's a little bit crazy. She, she knows it about herself. And so she talked about how her ex invoked the demons in her. And she acknowledged that she knows she's a difficult personality. Um, and she's like over jealous. She gets sick with jealousy. And she even admits to her friends that she was sick with jealousy with Gino and his ex-wife and the paint such a weird thing to be jealous about, but the paint and the decorations in the house, she's super jealous about it. And she doesn't want to move into a house that the ex-wife, like, you know what? How about just be happy that he has a house that you can come live in? Cause should we talk about that? And should we also talk about the fact that, you know, you have a kid. And so at some point the kid's going to come over and Oh, what you'll have a roof over your head. So, so what if the walls are blue or red or purple or whatever? soap? 
Do you know what I mean? I don't know. But that's what she's jealous about. Her friends say she's crazy. Uh, she has to mature, maturing to do. Uh, and her partner, whoever that ends up being, is going to have to manage the situation and manage the fact that she is a very, very jealous person. Now, you know, when they talk about jealousy, by they, I mean me, when I talk about jealousy, I think that jealousy uh, comes from insecurity from within. And I think that you cannot be jealous of someone if they haven't given you something to be jealous about. And if they had given you something to be jealous about, then you have to either communicate and work that out so that you don't become that person or you have to leave that relationship because no one wants an overly jealous, crazy situation. I mean, I know a lot of people love the drama of that, but that is not sustainable for the long-term. It really is not. It's happy and fun in the moment for some people, but that's not a long-term relationship. You can't be super like that and all possessive and jealousy and all of that stuff. You're supposed to be two strong pillars that are 100% or as much as you can be fulfilled and not broken and you come together as one but you're still separate people so when we talk about jealousy by we i mean me i think that you can't it can't be on the other person it has to be on you so if you're a jealous person you have to figure out what it is in you that's making you feel jealous is it an insecurity thing is the broken thing what is it but to put that responsibility on the other person doesn't seem fair because you're the one that's jealous. Unless they're giving you something to jealous about, which I already just talked about how to handle that. <clears throat> so the friends also are like, hey, listen, Jasmine, you need to control your jealousy because he flew halfway across the world uh, to be with you. And you're doing all this and you're having all these fights and he did all of this in the middle of a pandemic. And I personally want to add, not only in the middle of a pandemic, but also too, with no job. He hasn't been working for the last seven months. So he came for you, period. So all this stuff that you're getting up in rails and arms about, it's not making sense. Because the things that, like tipping a waitress and then not spending $500 on clothing that he can't afford, but, and then the Christmas gift thing was a bit shady, but then making him spend $2,500, maybe that 20 for a trip that you planned and you want, maybe that $2,500 could have gone to like repainting the house that you are so jealous about. I don't know. I think that you gotta, you know, balance it all out. So her friends are like, yeah, you're being crazy. And you're being jealous. And just remember all the stuff that he's done to come and be with you. And she acknowledged it and she made a joke that he did all of that in the middle of a pandemic and he's in the at-risk group category, which I thought was shady but funny. She talks a little bit about their sex life and how he's older and he almost died the first time they were together and he is only accustomed to the basics and she really just blew his mind and opened up his world and all of the things, which I thought, again, was funny. And then her friends have a surprise for her. The stripper arrives. She feels bad about it. Um, but it's a divorce party, so she wants to have fun. 
and she's laughing, she's dancing, and she's looking a little bit. She doesn't think that there's anything wrong with that. Meanwhile, Gino is all alone in their own room, packing for the trip that he cannot afford, looking all pathetic and sad and lonely. Um, Kathleen, who's Kathleen? Thank you so much for the PayPal. I just got the alert. Kathleen, if you're in the live chat, I appreciate you so very much. Thank you for the support. Oh, wait, is this Sea Cruise? Sea Cruise, is that you? Because Sea Cruise has a thousand names. I can't keep up. Maybe it's Sea Cruise. If it's Sea Cruise, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Um, so. He's packing. He's all like pathetic. She's worried that he's going to be upset that, you know, there was a stripper. Now, I want to ask you guys. I want to ask you guys in the live chat. Do you think that Jasmine has a double standard? Because on the one hand, this whole season, we've only heard her complain about how jealous she is over little thing, tipping, the paint on the walls, all the things. Now, if the roles were reversed and it was Gino's divorce party and he got a stripper, do you think that she would have lost her friggin' mind? And when I mean lost it, I mean lost it. Like lost it, like ah, lost it. Did I look like a crazy person doing that? It felt crazy. Ah, yeah. That's my impression of her when she loses her mind. So she doesn't think the stripper was a big deal, but she does feel a little guilty for leaving him alone. So guess what? They're going to move the party back to her room. Back to her room so that she can check on Gino. So they bring the party back to the room. Uh, he can tell that they're all drunk. And she's like, I, I'm drunk. And she's basically saying that she wants to have sex with him. But she calls it his pee-pee, which I thought was super creepy, super cringe. Um, and then the friends out her and show the stripper video. And you could see his whole face. He was upset about it. He was really upset. He's like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't like it. I'm not impressed by this. Um, and they could tell like a fight was brewing. So the friends decided to leave. Um, and he, his whole thing, and I agree with him on one part. Why did, what was your purpose of showing him the stripper? Like, what was the purpose of that? To rile him up, obviously. But if it wasn't to rile him up and just to show him how much fun, you could have warned him before just popping it in his face. Now, I don't agree with him saying that she should have kept it a secret. I don't think that that's how you have a relationship. You don't keep secrets from each other. And I personally think that, and this is my personal opinion, I don't think strippers are a big deal. If you're in a solid relationship and you go see strippers or you have like a stripper come to a party, if you're a responsible adult and you aren't into any type of shade, I don't see what the big deal is. That is my personal opinion. I know some people aren't for it at all. They think it's disrespectful and they think all the, all the things. But I think personally that if you're in a solid relationship and there are no cracks, that a grown-ass adult can watch a stripper and it not be a big deal. So that being said, just like I think it's Christina said, that shows he has secrets from her. Yeah. If you can think that 
you would want this person to keep this type of thing a secret. That shows me that you must have secrets too. I agree with you, Christina. And not only does it show me that you might have some secrets, that you will be shady about it. So there are certain things that you're just not going to tell me. Hmm. That's a problem. That is a red flag, in my opinion. So they sit down and she's like, oh, are you mad at me? And he's like, well, yeah, how would you feel if it was me? And I had some hot, beautiful women like grinding up on me. And would you like it? And she shakes her head. No, she wouldn't like it, which is the answer that we all knew from the get go. She feels bad. She apologizes. But now he has even more doubt. So he's doubting about her jealousy. Uh, he's doubting about her financial understanding of his situation. He's now doubting about, you know, secrets and lies and throw on top of this, this whole stripper situation. He's got a lot of doubt. So is he going to propose? He doesn't know. He doesn't know yet. He has doubts. He has questions. I know a lot of people have taken a stance on this and I myself uh, took a stance at the beginning of the show about racism. I am going to cover Alina and Kayla because they were part of this episode. Um, and that's it. I'm going to cover it. I'm just, I cover 90 day shows. I also talk about all the things that happen off the camera. And so that's where I stand. So Alina and Caleb. Um, we're up next. Uh, it's Elijah's last night in Turkey after being there for a week. So they're all going to get together for dinner and uh, wish him well. But there's still tension. But there's been tension the whole week. So, like, I don't, y'all didn't work on your tension from the get go. So, like, what's going to be the big deal? This dinner is not going to help change that. However, there's even more tension because apparently, Elijah walked in on Caleb and Alina having sex. Um, and I just watched the body language of, of it all. Alina says sorry to the table, but she's also laughing and thinking it's funny and looks at Elijah in his face. And Elijah explains that he had a key to the room and he forgot his brush. So he opened the door and he saw Caleb half naked. And Caleb's like, ooh, what are you staring at? And he's like, I'm not staring. I'm just checking your body. And then he left. Now, let me just stop right there for a second. Okay. It makes sense that Elijah had a room key. What doesn't make sense, and hear me out, okay? Just hear me out. What doesn't make sense to me is we all have cell phones. We text nonstop all day, every day. If I was in my room and I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going out. I want to, you know, go out on one last night on the town. I forgot my brush. Hey, I would text my friend. Hey, I'll use Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa, I'm heading up to the room. I forgot my brush. And then Vanessa would be like, okay, cool. Boom. That's scenario one. Scenario two is, oh, I'm walking down the hall. I realized that I'm going out and I want to brush my hair and I forgot my brush in Vanessa's room. So I'm going to go to Vanessa's room and get my brush. Oh, guess what? Knock, knock, knock. Hey, Vanessa, I'm coming in. I forgot my brush. In what situation in the middle of the night 
do I wake up and say, oh, I forgot my brush and I'm going out. So I'm just going to quickly grab this key. I don't know if what's happening in that room. I know that they're trying to, to get together um, and maybe they're sleeping. I don't know, but let me just take my key and open the door and act like that's my room. When, when would we ever do that? I don't understand what happened. I don't. So you just took your key and just popped open the door and walked in, not knowing what you were gonna walk into? Hmm. Knowing that the girl has already been begging to have sex and all of that stuff, like I just, and, and you've been pushing her to get her groove on, makes no sense to me. No sense whatsoever. My friend Vanessa said, hey, Linda, I'm about to smash. Glad you gave me a heads up. I'll leave the brush at the door for you. Don't come in. Anyways, uh, there was a little bit of subtle flirting on Elijah's part. Elijah's like, you know, you look good, I guess. And he, he laughs. Alina laughs. Caleb does not laugh. So there was a whole weird situation going on there. I personally thought that Alina was like, yeah, you saw me. You you caught me. Woohoo. I got it like that. Holla. Like, I think she was all like that. So she was actually having, in my opinion, a moment where she was like, it was like the invisible fist bump to her bestie. So that happened. Now, Caleb is having mixed feelings about Elijah leaving the next day because on the one hand, he can't stand Elijah um, and thinks he's like a third wheel. But on the other hand, he feels like he's starting to realize that Elijah does a lot for Alina. And now that that pressure is on him, right? So he's having mixed feelings because he's either like, hey, am I going to have this third wheel? Or am I going to feel like the pressure, like, oh my gosh, I have to do everything right now. And I don't know if I really want to do any anything right now. And so it's an issue for him. So they're at dinner. Um, they've decided that they're going to play that game. Never have I ever. However, their version of never have I ever. I was like, what are the rules? Are you drinking? Or are you not drinking as the rule? Because you flipped it in the middle of the game. And so that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Um, Crystal says, it was almost like she gave permission for that to happen. And Caleb wasn't in on it. Facts. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Um, so never have I ever. Elijah asked the first question. Had sex with more than 100 women. If yes, you have, then you do a drink. If you haven't, then you don't do a drink. Guess what? Caleb drinks. I was like, and I was still in my nose. How, how old is Caleb again? Someone, how old is Caleb again? Let's just say he's 30, 32, I think. 32. Hmm? Let's just, let's, let's do a little math, okay? I think he's like 32. Now let's just say, hmm, let's just say, 
let's just say he lost his virginity. Oh, is he 29? Because that makes it worse. 28, 29. Okay, that makes it worse. That makes it even worse to me. Okay, so let's say he's 28. Okay. A hundred women. Let's just say that he lost his virginity when he's 15. Okay. That would mean that he was having sex with seven people every single year until the tender age of 28. And, and not even a hundred. The question was more than a hundred women. More than a hundred women? Okay, well, good on you, Caleb. Next question. Oh, he asked Alina, does that bother you? And Alina's like, well, you know, I didn't expect it to be that much. And now she has she's worried because maybe he's just a player player and he doesn't want to be in a long-term relationship. He doesn't want commitment, all the things. So she's having questions because of his high uh, count. Alina, and hear me out, because this question to me was very telling of this whole situation. Alina says, uh, never have I ever had a threesome. Okay. And looks directly at Elijah. And Elijah and Caleb both said, yes, they did. So in this situation... Alina drank, but she meant to drink like she has never had a threesome. The other two, Caleb and Elijah, they had had a threesome, so they didn't drink. Now, here's the thing, okay? Hear me out, y'all, because I know I'm right about this. Why do you think that Alina would ask that specific question? After we just heard about how Elijah walked in on them having sex, how she giggled, <laughs> I'm so sorry, how Elijah said that Caleb looked good and that he was checking out Caleb's body and that you look good, I also look good, and then your bestie is looking at you giggling and then asked the question about the threesome. Okay. Okay. I think there was like a passive aggressive slight suggestion there in my opinion. Uh Patty no they didn't say no. They said yes. She said no. She said she's not she had not had a threesome. They both said yes, they had. So the simple fact that she asked that specific question and the simple fact that she has been pushing to get more intimate with Caleb. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, just before Elijah's supposed to leave. He just happens to walk in on them having sex. So then he has the opportunity to say, you look good. I look good. I was just checking out your body. Oh, stop it, you guys. We are not, we are not that naive that we don't know exactly what's going on there. That was a setup. A setup. I'll set it up. 
you strike it down. Just like how she said, what did she say? She took a ride on the magic stick. I took a ride on the magic stick. And women do talk. People talk like this, not just women. People talk like, I took a ride on the magic stick and it was amazing. And guess what? I am sexually curious. So like, let's see if he's into it. And instead of being super direct and, hey, Caleb, would you be into doing a threesome? They're like, let's play a game. And we'll st- I'll say that I never had a threesome. Next question. Caleb goes super PG. Because I think he knows exactly what's going on, just like I knew what was going on. So Caleb's like, never have I ever lived in Russia. That was his question. And of course, Alina and Elijah have lived in Russia. Um, back to Elijah. Elijah wants to be a shit disturber, so he says, Never have I ever kept a big secret from my partner that I've known for 13 years. Of course, there's silence. And he's like, here I am for you, the brave bitch. And then he goes on, spill it, bitch, already spill it. So apparently, Alina has a secret from Caleb. And Elijah has just outed her and said, I had to give her the push because I'm leaving tomorrow. And I know that if I didn't push her, she probably wouldn't have told him. She gets all mad and quiet and she feels uncomfortable and says, you know, I'll tell you, Caleb, when we go back to the room. And so now she's mad and she feels uncomfortable with Elijah. And, you know, I again, I'm like, what's the secret again? Oh, you were living with your ex? Okay. And not only you were living with your ex, you were living with your ex when you pursued another relationship long distance with someone who was your quote unquote friend for 13 years. And so does that make you a cheater? And you didn't want to tell him because you thought that he would back off because he knew you were in a relationship. And not only were you in a relationship, you were living with the person you were in a relationship with. So how does that whole situation work out? Are you doing the undercover text and the sneakaways to the bathroom and walks with your dog down the street? Like, what are you doing exactly? Because she does admit that she was still in a relationship. They weren't just like broken up and living together. They were still together. And so does that make you a cheater? I don't, because to me, I think that it makes it shady that you didn't tell everyone involved what was going on. Like if you were on the way out of your relationship, then say to your partner, I'm on the way out of this relationship. It's not working and have that conversation. And if you meet someone or you're all of a sudden having feelings for your long-term friend, Hey, this is my situation right now. I enjoy talking to you. You've been my life for 13 years. I'm starting to develop feelings for you, but here's my situation. I have a boyfriend and I live with him. And so I'm not sure how you're feeling, but I wanted to let you know just so that there are no blurry lines. How about we say that? How about we say that? So that being said, that's her secret. And Elijah's like, you know, what stage in the relationship are you guys right now? And which I also think is a ridiculous question because you guys have been together for one week. But Elijah um, 
asked the question. Caleb's like, well, it's hard to tell. You know, we're still got, trying to get to know each other. We still have time ahead of us. You know, we haven't really even had any alone time. We still have two weeks together, so it's really hard to tell. So it's premature to ask. And Alina's like, well, I want to know. I think that you're being indecisive is just it's too indecisive. Like, I want to know. I want to have this conversation. Um, and he's like, well, I won't have an answer till I know what you're hiding. How about that? <sighs> so they go back to the hotel. The vibe is off. They say goodbye to Elijah. Um, and she's all worried because she's really starting to develop for feelings for Caleb. She really likes him, but she really needs to come clean about her ex relationship and how serious it was and how they, she lived with him. Uh, so she talks to Caleb and tells him exactly what I just said to you. And you know what? I have to give it to Caleb. He came with the common sense. He's like, well, you know, this just reinforces that we need to take our time to get to know each other. Um, you know, even though we've known each other, which I say all the time, even though you've known each other for 13 years online, you guys don't know each other in person, which is what he said. You don't know each other in person. And he said, 13 years of knowing you didn't push you to be honest. And so I can't make a decision to be in a relationship with you exclusively because I don't know what's happening. I don't even know who you are. And the simple fact that if we were such good friends and we knew each other, why would you not be honest with me this whole time? So I can't give you a commitment yet, he says. Um, and then he's kind of pissed because he's like, you know, I want a relationship based on trust, especially if it's going to be long distance. We're both going to have to be able to trust each other. And now there's all this doubt because, hey, you've been lying and you haven't been honest and direct with me. And he said that she put him and his feelings at risk and didn't care enough to tell him the truth. And guess what, you guys? Those are simple facts. He goes on to say, was it a waste of time to come here in the first place when this person can't even be honest with me? Now, to him, it's not about the boyfriend that she lived with, because I just think that that's a stupid secret. It's the fact that you're throwing at me that we've known each other for 13 years and 13 years and 13 years, and she used that as an excuse to get intimate with him sooner than perhaps he was comfortable doing and now that's why he's like okay well if you want to keep throwing at me that we've known each other for 13 years you had 13 years to come clean and tell me the real deal and be honest crystal says they throw out these 13 years you knew someone's screen name for 13 years not them facts Dream Big asked, do you know how many months in advance this was filmed? Yes, I do. And uh, Dream Big, I'll answer that in News and Gossip because it's all part of a bigger story and a bigger picture. And Olivia says, yeah, I have to admit, Caleb came across sensible. And I was surprised that I would think that about him. Me too. I was like, oh, I'm agreeing with Caleb. And he he's now starting to make sense to me. What has happened? I am living... in the twilight zone. Oh, Lord. 
You guys, if you're watching uh, the live, Amanda has come up with a game, which I think is actually funny. She's like, y'all drop your old screen names in the chat. Mine was Amanda Panda 9811. <laughs> if you're watching the replay, you guys definitely let me know what your old screen names were because that is hilarious. Crystal was crystallized. And Mandy was Mandy. Okay, on to Hamza and Memphis. Damn, I'm having too much fun. Okay. She's still pissed that he lied about his age. She feels deceived. But even though she feels deceived, she still wants to marry him. So they're off to the embassy. They're going to spend the night uh, in the city at a hotel because the embassy's two hours away. Now, it's clear that they still can't communicate. And I still don't understand why there's no translator. Can we get a translator? Because this is just so hard to... I do not. I, I understand it. Like, I understand it. You're trying to simplify the amount of words you're using, which I get. But you can simplify the words you're using without talking like a crazy person. If you are trying to help someone learn another language that is not how we teach them because that is not how you talk in real life. Uh, Texas Gina, yes, I addressed it at the top of my show. Um, I'm also going to address this thing um, on Friday in News and Gossip. Uh, I, I uh, well, I'm going to actually give the credit uh, where credit is due because uh, she released the story first. I had this story, but I had to hold on to it until I had authorization. But I will shout out. Uh, the Ashley's Reality Roundup, she posted her story about that. Uh, and then I posted my story as well as gave the detail, additional details from what I knew from my sources. Uh, and so, yes, I do know that. I will be talking about that in detail on Friday. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about, about that. Go check out at 90 Day the Melanated Way for the breakdown and for the screenshots and all of that stuff and what's happening. If you missed it, I'm going to tell you this now because my everything has been blowing up. DMs, emails, text messages, all, this, all, of it, all things. The story's out there. You can either go on 90 Day the Melanated Way and scroll down the, through the feed. That's why I encourage you as that group grows to turn your alerts on because everything you want to ever know about 90 Day Fiance will be on that page. Um, so if you turn your alerts on, then you won't miss the story and then you will know and then you won't have to ask me directly, what's going on? What did I miss? So you can do that or B, you can just scroll down the feed if you want to turn your alerts on, then scroll down the feed, it will all be there. But I guarantee if there's a story, I have covered it and it will be there. And if it's a juicy story, 
it might not have been covered yet, but I do tell you guys the news and gossip so that you're ahead of the curve before the story leaks. And so that's where it stands. Aw, everyone say hi to Faisy. I like that name. New to the chat. I enjoy your recap so much. Holla! Thank you for being here and thank you for the kind words. Um, so that all being said, we'll get back to Hamza and Memphis. So where's the translator? Where? Just where's Adam? We already know Adam is close by. So just can we get Adam to come here and help move things along, make it a smoother transition? Because this whole thing is like, it's hard because I don't even know how you have a like, how do you have a relationship with someone when you can't communicate with them? And then you're actually going to marry them? Like, how does that work? How do you how do you get to the nitty gritty of your relationship if you guys can't even talk about calling a car service? It's weird. Anyways, please bring Adam the translator. Do something, okay? Get the old, like, shitty translator gadget something because this is killing me. So anyways, uh, we haven't forgotten that Hamza doesn't drive and Hamza doesn't have a car and Hamza doesn't work and Hamza lives at home. Oh, I'm sorry that those things don't have anything to do with anything. Oh, and he lied about his age. Oh, but that has nothing to do with the fact that they need to get two hours away. And he says, you know, if I can get, can't get my friend to drive us, then we're going to take the bus. And she's like, oh no, you need to figure it out. You need to find us a ride. Okay, so I'm sorry. Just how is this going to work out? So if you guys aren't, I mean, I don't know how it is. I've never been. But so your friend just drives you around everywhere. So your friend has to come pick you up and drive you two hours. And then does the friend get to stay at the hotel so that when you need to drive back to the house that they don't have to drive two hours there, two hours back, then two hours there, and then two hours back again? Like, how does that work? And so you, you're a grown-ass 26-year-old and your friends have to drive you everywhere? Are they driving you to a job application? Or to, like, go get your license? Because you failed that one time because you had a fight with that one driver or one instructor and now you just don't drive? There has to be more to this story. I'm sorry, because that sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. You went one time, had one fight, and now you just don't drive. And you ain't got no car, and no one in your family has a car, so you have to... Your poor friend Yusuf, who also was the one that picked you up at the airport, has to shuttle you around? Listen, there are some people that are my family members that won't even go to the airport to pick me up. So I can imagine this dude, like, beck and call, just everywhere... You need to go grocery shopping, call me. You need to, like, okay. Your woman's coming. Did you tell your woman that you don't drive and that you guys are going to just take the bus everywhere? I don't know. Anyways, I digress. His friend is available. His friend's going to drive them. So off they go. Embassy closes at 5 p.m. Uh, so she's frustrated that he didn't have anything planned out today. And I would go a step further and say, but the two of you should have planned it because you guys had a whole year apart and then you got engaged 
long distance via FaceTime, supposedly. So this is your fiance. So could you not have prepared and organized for the day that you were going to go to the embassy? Could you have said, hey, Hamza, we're going to decide to go to the embassy on this day. Can you make sure that the car service or however we're going to get there and our appointment is made for such and such time so that when you go to the embassy, because you don't just walk into the embassy and get paperwork done. That is not how it works. You need an appointment. Those appointments take forever to get. So I'm just saying that the planning could have probably done on all of their parts. And by all of them, I mean both Memphis and Hamza played a role, in my opinion, of not being organized and planned out that day. So, friend Yusuf, uh, shows up, but he has conveniently forgotten his car insurance papers. So he says, don't worry, my brother's going to come and bring it in five minutes. Hamza mistranslates that as well and says, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Get in the car. We're just going to wait for the brother. Uh, he's going to be here in 10 to 15 minutes. And of course, that was not true. She's in the car getting madder and madder that he's not prepared and that he didn't prepare this whole situation. And again, I'm throwing it back on both of you. Why did you not prepare? You know that your man doesn't drive, doesn't have a job. Should you maybe have found out? Because she does ask him, like, how much would a taxi take cost? And he's like, oh, it will cost too much. It's too expensive. Um, you know, maybe you would have rented a car. Or maybe you would have hired a car service to take you all the way around and not force your friends to drive you everywhere if they so choose to and if they have the ability to. I just feel like there should have been some more planning. So she's mad. Um, Hamza thinks she, she nags a lot and he doesn't like her attitude, which is a whole other conversation that I want to have with you guys, but I can't have right now because I have still too much to cover. But remind me to circle back when we do have some time, because I want to talk about that whole stereotype that I do not appreciate. Anyways, it's one hour later. They're still waiting. She's angry. She wants to get out of the car. She's asking about, you know, is a taxi going to be too expensive? Do you even want to get married? Are you taking this seriously? Because you don't even seem to care. Uh, and she's worried about his maturity because he's only 26 and... You know, she feels like he's not being a man and she needs a grown man for herself and for her kids. She wants someone that is responsible and supportive and all of those things. And I will just say this again. You decided to get engaged to someone that you had never even met in real life who cannot speak the same language as you. And you decided to travel halfway across the world to be with said fiance, who you didn't really know, found out that he lied about his age. But what you did know was that he lived at home. He didn't have a job. He didn't drive. He did go to school, so he says, for like a two-year certificate, but you didn't even know if that was true. So when you then say that you are looking for a mature man to be a man and an adult, 
know. I don't know. Is he showing you who he is? And have you accepted a lot of the things that maybe are not mature and not like being a man? And you still got engaged to him, so he's probably thinking that you're nagging him, even though you already know that he ain't shit. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. You're mad that he didn't arrange a car or a ride to the embassy, but then you knew when you were going to the embassy. So, like, I, anyways. Um. They get to the hotel, and the hotel, you guys, was beautiful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous open layout. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I loved it. Wanted to see more of it. I love that type of floor plan. And they've decided they're going to go to the embassy in the in the morning, and she's worried that it's going to impact their plans to get married. Um, you better have an appointment. You ain't just rolling through the embassy with a language issue at that and then thinking they're going to hand you the pa necessary, necessary paperwork. That is not how it works. So uh, they get there. She's super happy. He's like, yeah, you know, she's been, you know, nagging me and, and mad, but I'm going to make up. I will make it up to her by having sex all night long. I was like, okay. Okay. How's that? I mean, she already called you out for being a one-minute wonder. So now all of a sudden, because it's hotel sex, you're going to be, stop it. Just stop it. So she wants to go get drinks. They go to the bar. And uh, the producer's like, do you drink? Because that's all against the Muslim culture, as far as we've learned from this show. And he says, yeah, barely on a few occasions and with someone special. So for all of you guys that are throwing Memphis under the bus, I just want you to remember these situations where Hamza, who is the one that is a Muslim, who has strict rules in his faith that he is supposed to be following, is the same Hamza that has premarital sex that you guys all freaked out about and blamed Memphis, which I talked about, is the same guy who no one is forcing him to go to the bar and have drinks that are supposed to be against his religion. He says with his own words that he barely drinks on a few occasions with someone special. So that means you do drink. Okay. That cannot be Memphis's fault. She orders uh, double Grey Gooses, orange juice, look like. They go back to their suite. She wants to, him to show her what he's working with. She doesn't want him to drink too much because that may affect his sexy time, which tells me that she knows more about him than she's letting on. He has a terrible in the live chat. Uh, she's scared that he's immature. She's scared that she can't trust him because he's so young. Um, and if they don't get married on this trip, then the relationship is over. She doesn't want to have a long distance relationship anymore. And that makes him mad because are you worried about getting married or do you want to be with me? And again, um, I think it all depends on what is it that you both are looking for? Because it's not clear to me. 
it's not clear to me what she's getting out of this whole union. She is highly educated. She's been through some things and she is standing strong and she is raising two kids on her own and all the things. I'm just, what is he bringing to the table? Exactly. It's very confusing to me. <sighs> Moving on to Ella. I think Ella's problematic, you guys, I'm sorry. And we don't know enough about her. I already know the storyline that they are just not gonna make it. Either she is going to be on another season of 90 Day, the other way she goes to see him. I just don't see how this plays out. But she's stressed, she's frustrated. She feels like her relationship um, is falling apart. Her boyfriend, Johnny, is her Asian prince, which if she says that one more time, say it one more time. The fetish situation is not okay. It's just not okay. Okay? It's just not okay. So his Singapore visa was denied. They've come up with other options. But every time they come up with another option, uh, there's a new issue that arises because we are in a pandemic. She's meeting up with her best friend, Corby, and her husband, Powell, to talk it through and talk about how Dubai has been an option because there's no visa required. He can quarantine for 14 days um, in Dubai and then head over to the U.S. He now wants to delay the trip uh, because of the pandemic and because of the new Delta vir vir variant. The new Delta variant. Um, and she feels like that's a stupid excuse. And I want to say you sound stupid saying that. Everyone else is traveling. Everyone else is going. Everyone else is not a problem for. So, like, I don't see what the problem is. I think he should just come. And it's just causing me so much stress and problems. And I feel like he's just making, bitch, he, you were in the middle of a pandemic. A pandemic. She feels like he's hesitating. And she feels like there's a pattern starting to show and that he's wasting her time because um, somehow some new issue keeps popping up and she feels like she's putting up with too much crap. And she's like, they tried to meet beforehand. But since Johnny was just way too sensible, Johnny's like, well, here, if I'm going to be there for three months, I should probably get a driver's license. So let me go ahead and do that. That delayed them. And then he's like, oh, you know, I should probably save some money. Oh, yeah, because when you come to America for the three months, you will not be able to work because you are not a citizen or a resident. So how is that going to look? So does it make sense for you to want to save some money so that you can provide for yourself? Oh, that sounds super sensible. Oh, and then what? You're mad that there's a raging pandemic and Johnny's like, hey, I'm in China and there's strict rules here in China and I'm trying to think of worst case scenarios. And if I travel there with no money and no driver's license and get stuck there and end up in hospital, then because I'm not an American citizen and have no medical insurance, then I'm going to be stuck with a crazy bill that will bankrupt me. But no, Ella thinks there's something that Johnny's not telling her is it the parents? Did the parents not want him to marry a white woman?
Johnny says, of course his parents are concerned, but he's not going to let them interfere in his relationships like they did in the past. His big concern is that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that he doesn't want to get stuck in America because he has a full-on family in China, including a child. So she's like, why is this still a discussion? She's getting emotional trauma from it and she starts crying. I think, again, sounds like desperation on her part. It sounds like all of her baggage she is spewing out to Johnny, who is only giving her sensible reasons why he cannot travel during the height of a pandemic. But because she has been burned in the past and has had all these other online relationships where she gets emotionally invested, she's now saying that she has trauma from the fact that you are in this online relationship for a year and a half and you've invested all this time and energy with this online relationship. And now because you want him to come when you say, and he is saying, uh, it's probably not wise of me to make that decision quite yet let's talk through it that you're freaking out and now that you now you have trauma from it sounds to me a little bit like desperation and it sounds to me like you've made this to be way more than it actually is when she said that she wants to be happy now and it's stupid to keep waiting i said that tells me everything i need to know about you you want to be happy now in this moment, despite all the logic, because in your mind, you've built up that you finally have gotten the Asian fetish prince that you've been dreaming about. Not okay. Moving on. Mike and Hemena. Slept well. At least Jimena slept well because she let out all her secrets. Meanwhile, Mike is worried about the past and the hitman and his safety. She wakes up. She's going to go for coffee. Um, and he's going to catch up with her. She phones her sister, says that, you know, Mike is not turning out to be the perfect treasure either. And there are some things that she does not like about him. There's been some sweet moments, but there have been a lot of non-sweet moments. She doesn't like the fact that he's sloppy and throws his clothes everywhere. That he farts in her face. He burps on her. And she's worried three to four years from now, like, if it's already like this, what's going to happen? Because um, she'll go crazy because she doesn't like it. It's disgusting to her. And she wants to make sure that she is gaining a husband and not another child. And the sister with the wisdom says, hey, communicate. Talk to him. Talk to him and tell him what you do not like and what you do like. Communicate because that is how you move a relationship forward. And I was like, bravo, Wendy, bravo. That is what I say all the time. Communicate to each other about what your issues are. So she goes on. Jimena to say that she wants someone responsible um, and she doesn't want someone, you know, who can't wipe his own butt. So 
she's going to talk to him. She's going to open up and talk to him. He had a special day planned, but it's raining. So the weather's not cooperating. So they're going to go down to the fireplace and they're going to chit chat and keep warm. Um, she tells him, you know, there's something I want to talk to you about. Uh, and I don't like it how I don't like your, your lack of cleanliness. I don't like how you eat and burp and fart in front of me. It disgusts me. And it also is making me fall out of love with you. Now, I agree with her. I think that in the beginning of a relationship, I think that you you have to come to a point where you're both comfortable and, and it's just fine. I don't think that happens in the first three weeks, especially when you never spent any time whatsoever with the other person. I would be grossed out too. And I actually... I'll tell you this. I, 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 okay, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you. I don't care because I just don't care. Uh, I had met someone. We had gone on, on several dates. You could say that we were dating. Um, not an exclusive relationship. We were dating and nothing had happened yet. We were kissing and he had too much to drink. And all of a sudden he turned over and started puking. And it grossed me out so much it grossed me out to my core it grossed me out to my soul suffice to say there were no more dates after that i i couldn't do it because i couldn't look at him in a way that didn't disgust me and that was only because i didn't know him now how, now old relationships that were like long-term relationships it wouldn't have been an issue because you know the person you're comfortable with them but someone that you're starting to just get to know it's pretty disgusting in my opinion Anyhow, she doesn't like it. It disgusts her. I'm not mad at her. However, that all being said, I do see his point of view. He's like, so let me get this straight. You're saying that what I'm doing is bad and you're calling me out on stuff that you don't like about me, but it's not like I ran out on the kids. It's not like I'm going to jail or am and or I am in jail or that I get paid to kill people. <laughs> I said, you know what? I didn't look at it like that, Mike. Those are some valid points. A little fart and burp over here versus a lifetime in prison and being a hitman. Mm -hmm. uh... Last and certainly the least entertaining, in my opinion, is Ben. Oh, Ben. Ben's leaving for Peru to meet his non-existent girlfriend, Mahogany, who he met three months ago, but he has not ever really met in real life, nor has he FaceTime with her, nor has he seen any live footage of her, and they've only talked on the phone twice in real life. But he is madly in love. That's his soulmate. She really understands him and knows everything about him. And God has led them together. So uh, they're going to go. He's going to go to Peru. They're going to stay in Lima uh, for the first night. And then they're going to go to San Barto to meet her parents. And he's gotten two separate rooms because he doesn't believe in sex before marriage. 
and he believes that it's worth waiting for. So his son, Elijah, who is 20, and Mahogany, just FYI, is 22, even though on the show they say she's 24, um, is driving him to the airport. He realizes that his kids are super upset um, with him. And they have questions. They have, they have suspicions. They don't think it's a good idea. But, you know, they think it's a hasty decision, but they're going to just see what happens. Now, I need to tell you something, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do watch a lot of, like, true crime and documentaries, okay? And I'm just going to say this, and I, I just, it's something that popped in my head. I don't think that there's any validity to it, but, you know, I get distracted by certain things and then I go off on a tangent. But so when this, so you know how Ben is from like this ultra religious cult that he grew up in some, some cultish church. So I don't know if you guys heard of the documentary, uh, the bright in the bright axiom. Anyways. If you have, because I watched it, it's all it's all about like this cult, a secret society that promises a transformative experience and mind expanding insights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, look it up, Google it, you'll see. Anyways, I noticed that Elijah the Sun, his shirt had axiom on it and I just it took me on a whole different like oh what is happening here between the other call and like is this a new call and are you part of axiom like what anyhow that being said um the sun seeing red flags with this non-existent mahogany girlfriend and he just thinks that his dad is making a hasty decision and Ben is like, it's cool. I'm willing to take the hit. I'm willing to take it and all in the name of love. So Elijah, the son's like, hey, listen, I'm just worried about you. I want you to come back in one piece. He's worried that, you know, all he's not going to come back with all his parts and that he's been catfished and he's being catfished. And we find out that Ben has been catfished in the past before. And the friends, you know, don't think that mahogany is real but he has faith and he believes that God has brought them together and that uh, their love is going to conquer all. He also believes that Mahogany, who he's never met in real life and never even talked to more than twice on the phone and has never FaceTime, uh, knows all his baggage and loves him for him and that they're just going to be a great love story. Now, here's the thing, I think. You know when... You ever, how can I explain this? The only way he's having a full on relationship with himself. And because he's having a full on relationship with himself, he is feeling like the person who's not there on the other end, but he thinks is on the other end is perfect for him because there's no one to tell him otherwise. So if he's looking, do you want, does that make sense to you guys? He's in a relationship with what he wants. So of course, this non-existent woman is going to know all his baggage because guess what? He blurted all his baggage out via direct message to someone who can say, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh my God, whatever, whatever. 
But then you flip it back and he's like, oh my God, I'm, she's so easy to talk to. She knows all of my baggage. Well, she knows your baggage because you told her, but she doesn't know you just because you told her. You are in a full-on relationship with yourself. Anyhow, he gets to the airport and he gets a text. He hasn't heard from her. The setup is he hasn't heard from her. And then he just automatically gets a text as soon as he says that. And it's not encouraging. Apparently, her dad, Mahogany's dad, doesn't want him to come because he doesn't know his true intentions. So you're telling me that your dad is just saying this now, the day he's supposed to travel and come see you? He just said, hmm, I just happen to feel like I don't really trust his true intentions. Please tell him the minute before he's supposed to get on the plane that he should not come. Ben is speechless. Um, and instead of saying, you know what, let me cut my losses, he says instead, this is not the first time that he's tried to meet her. Uh, a month ago, he tried to fly down for her birthday. And three days before, she told him not to come because she wanted him to meet his her parents and they were away. So because God is in control of this relationship and their faith has really brought them together. He's still going to jump on the plane um, because he's not going to give up. You know how ridiculous that all sounds? It sounds 100% ridiculous. And I just cannot. I cannot. I think it's just wild to me. Now, I want to show you a little something. Family. So that all being said, this is in real time. Ben posted this to his social media today. And I want to give you the backstory on this. The backstory is that we just met Ben last week. Okay. Last week, you guys, not even one week in the 90 day universe franchise fandom has this man been out. Not even one week. Y'all scared him. Y'all made him quit social media. This is the fastest 90 day that I've ever seen since the beginning of 90 day fiance that said within one week, I'm taking a little break from social media for a bit. Best way to find your center is finding a quiet place, devotion with God, being in nature, thought provoking music and kittens, lots and lots of kitchens. Y'all did that to him, y'all. Y'all, y'all did that to him. You guys scared him so much that not even one week. His second episode, y'all. His I know it's not funny, but it's funny too because this is only his second episode. We're just getting to know him. Like literally just getting to know him. I personally was complaining like, why are you throwing someone in halfway through a season? They threw him in and one week later, he's like, oh, peace out. I'm out, y'all. Y'all 90 Day their fandom are too wild for me. Y'all are too serious. And I, someone should have warned him. Because some, some of y'all are buck wild. Buck wild. And some of you guys are mean. Some of you guys are trolls. And I will say on my part, as a journalist and entertainment reporter, we're going to find some things out. And we're going to spill some of the tea that you probably didn't want to spill have spilled. And all I can say, Ben, is you're going to have to toughen up, my friend. You're going to have to toughen up. 
and you know just put the wall the godly wall of protection around you because it's not going to get any easier unfortunately and so you just have to suck it up and keep it pushing because this fandom is fierce but what i can say it will make you stronger That being said, I'm going to jump into the chat because some of you guys are hilarious. Crystal says, TLC spared him. Quote, no way we can send this guy to the wolves on episode one. Olivia said, that man dismissed all his friends and family when they were talking home truth. No chance up against the fandom. Faye's coming in hot. Faye's new, but she said, drink a cup of concrete and harden up. What's Amanda's theory? Amanda's theory is, our theory is that Mahogany is his kids catfishing him. Well, that would be just crazy to be Amanda. Can you imagine they let him get on a flight all the way to Peru? Uh, and Stevie says he's the new Caesar slash David. Yes, we've been down this road before. Uh, you guys are hilarious. Uh, Crystal says it's the ex-wife making him look like a fool. And Dream, Dream Big says, it's got to be one of the fastest exit in history. Facts, you guys. Listen. Listen, you guys. Not even a week. We met him last week. Okay, I'll give him a week. We met him last Sunday, and by this Sunday, he's like, it's a wrap, y'all. I'm taking a break. Peace. I'm focusing on my zen. Anyways, you guys, great show. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up for me, you guys. Please and thank you. Uh, Amanda said he didn't even hang his coat up. We sent him to the kittens. Okay, I cannot with you guys. Cannot. Thumbs up. Uh, tomorrow we are covering Darcy and Stacey. Can't wait because that was a whole shit show too. And I am here for it. Don't forget the kittens. Same time, same place. Tomorrow, 8 p.m., be there or be square. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up. Live chat, you guys were popping. Had a great time. Had to not look over because y'all were coming in hot. Um, all right, you guys. Bye for now. See you tomorrow.